So when uh, when we read Shirobindo's commentaries on the Upanishads, we see that uh, he was battling against two currents of thought with regard to the understanding of the Upanishads. One was the Western thought. Uh, we have heard about the name of Max Muller. It's a pity that many people don't know that Shurabinda has also translated the Upanishads. <laughs> Max Muller, Max Muller. But we must know and it should go on record that both Swami Vivekananda and Shurabindo discarded that. And there was a reason. One is that um, he said Max Muller is a grammarian and that too he doesn't understand the subtleties, the nuances. It's like somebody sitting somewhere in um, the southern tip of India has a lot of pictures of Himalayas and based on that he assembles a book and says here is a book on Himalayas. So these subtle nuances of a language and also because when Shurabindo translated uh, the Vedas, gave the secret of the Vedas and the Upanishads, he based it on what he called as a new Nirukta given to him by Sri Krishna. So Nirukta is the etymology of a word. In Sanskrit it is so important because you know from the root sounds the words have emerged. There are families of words. So all this Max Muller couldn't understand. So he, he would say there are some places which looks very sublime, other it looks childish. So he said it's like the childish babblings of an enthusiastic early humanity. So now when we see how these things were used to make uh, India, Bharat and Bharatvasi feel low about themselves. Ki, oh, we thought so much about Veda Upanishad. They are childish babblings because some authority on Sanskrit has written it. So Sri had to one battle about against this kind of a thought. So we know Shurabindo's English where, uh, you know, Max Muller and all the pundits must have felt Ye se? <laughs> they never expected. So that's why we find sometimes difficult English and he is contradicting them saying where you are wrong and how they have, uh, you have missed the real point of the Upanishads and the Vedas. At the same time, he had to fight against those who knew Sanskrit well within the Indian setting, who were um, in their own right, you know, mystics or uh, inclined spiritually, so to say, who had some mystic experiences, who knew Sanskrit, and who had translated um, the um, Upanishads, giving it an otherworldly meaning. So among them we know Shankaracharya, whom we take as the uh, standard yardstick and of course there are others Yaska and others who have made Upanishads appear as if they are all about uh, this world is all Maya and you know there is this uh, other world that is beyond so Shubindo had to fight even against it because this is not what the Upanishads are saying now what is the problem in that thought the problem in that thought is when you leave this world at the mercy of uh, you know what, what we did when this Mayavad came into existence, illusionistic Mayavad. No, Maya has, I will talk about Maya, what it really means. 
But this illusionistic Vedanta, that uh, this world is a maya, meaning thereby an illusion, and the only thing that is important is to find the one. So what we have done, we have not only lost interest in it, we have left it to the wolves, saying it doesn't matter, it's all an illusion. So the result was Somnath, the result was uh, Babri Majid, the result was all the things that happened, unspeakable things. And the result was the English invasion. Because we said this doesn't matter. This illusion. But this is not what the Upanishadic sages meant. And Shravinda didn't want to say it only on the basis of his opinion or viewpoint or his experience. He wanted to say it on the basis of their own Slokas, what they have written. So, and Shurabindo, we know that he was, uh, I don't know what word to use, he is a master in 32 languages who could write freely, not only English poetry, he has written a whole Sanskrit poetry, Bhavani Bharati. He could write poetry in Bengali, he could write poetry in French, Italian, Greek, Latin. So, with that kind of a background and the new Nirukta given to him by Sri Krishna, then when he gives the meaning of the Vedas and the Upanishads, then the new sense begins to emerge. This sense was concealed often behind imageries. So, they used a lot of images. For instance, uh, cows and horses. So cows and horses, the Vedic shears are asking. So you know it was very easy for the um, for the what what shall I use? Not Britishers alone, but uh, there is a Hindi word. I wish to use it, Malaysia. So <laughs> that word by the aliens, the foreigners who didn't understand the Indian psyche, Bharatiyata, and so what they did was they made it appear that yeto this is all. Um, uh, you know, what are the rishis asking? They are asking cows and horses. Like any other person. Now, this means that we were nothing great spiritual about it. So then Sri corrects that. How the images are used in the Vedas and the Upanishads. And he gives number of stories. And through the Sanskrit translation, he says, if you don't use this Nirukta, then you will find it absurd. But when you use it, the meaning is consistent. For instance, one of the places, one of the things, we can use the image, the Brihad Aranyak Upanishad. It's an Aranyak. But it is regarded as Upanishad because of its, uh, you know, profundity of wisdom. And uh, this particular Upanishad is, you know, Especially relevant because many of us have been reciting one of its sloka. Very uh, sometimes in school. Asadoma sadgamya tamsoma jyotirgamya mrityurma amritam gamya. It is from the Vrihadarana Kupanishad. Now, how it starts? It starts with the horse of the sacrifice. Ashwamedha. So, it describes the horse as a cosmic horse. And what does it say? The horse, dawn is in its front. Its eyes are the sun. Its nostrils are the vayu. And some of the images may even seem grotesque. Its urine is the rains. 
So when you see this cosmic horse, it's difficult to understand unless we know what horse consistently means in the Vedas. Wherever there is horse, it means force, power. Even today, in physics, I don't know whether they have modified or not, but at least when I had read it, horse power. Use the word horse power. Horse in the Vedas always symbolized force. And when you look at horse, look at, you know, it gives that sense of speed, gatif. There is a kind of force which is always moving in a very powerful way. Go. Go always meant light. So you have Go, Pala, Gupta comes from Go. So concealment of light becomes Gupta. Guardian of light becomes Gopala. Increase of light becomes Govardhan. And one could go Lok, the world of light, where Sri Krishna abides. Now this is not to say that the cows are not sacred. Well, everything is sacred if you go to Indian thought and there is a gradation of sacredness, but that's not the main issue. The issue is that the language was used in a way that it could be applied because of the nature of Sanskrit, it could apply simultaneously to the material world as well as symbolically to metaphorical world. In fact, all poetry is like that. When, um, when uh, you know, who is this uh, Shelley who says, I cannot give you what men call love. What is the meaning? Is love something to be given? Like this? The adoration of the star from the sphere of tomorrow. What is he saying? What kind of image is this? All poets use this kind of metaphors. Chalo dildar chalo, chand ke paar chalo. So Kaidis says she should say, well, don't talk nonsense, I think get to see, to see a psychiatrist. What does she say? So is he talking about the physical moon now? This we are happy to connect it. But when people made fun of the Vedas and Upanishads on these images, we said, ah, we must be fools. We were wanting, you know, horses and cattle. And there are several stories, just one story I'll recount, which in the Upanishads, which makes it very clear everywhere. So horse of the sacrifice, what is it doing? Sacrifice, it is the same force which is in every quarter of this creation. Original power is only one. Again, practical implication, but we'll come to the practical implication in a moment. It is that one power which is manifested in this entire creation. How? By sacrificing itself. Sacrificing means it is giving itself to all creation, even the atom, element. See, that's why... Shri Krishna says to Arjuna that uh, it is by yagya, by sacrifice that I maintain this creation. What does it mean that Shri Krishna is actually lighting up uh, physically a fire and putting some... Uh, that is also very interesting, symbol and occult, but just to keep to the point. So it is the one force which has... It, this whole creation is within this cosmic force and it is also a being... It is not just an impersonal force. And what is it doing? It is moving towards greater dawns. This is what is significant. As a psychologist, I find it, or a psychiatrist, I find this very interesting. I find that creation is ultimately, even through the pralayas, moving towards something more beautiful, 
ever forward, ever forward, so many lessons I can derive just from this image. And use the word Ashwamed. So Ashwamed was not bringing a horse and cutting it, chopping it to pieces and distributing as prasad. Some people may be doing it, they didn't understand, I mean, because the image had this double connotation. But Ashwamed literally, and it was a yagya, all Ashwamed yagya meant that. What did Ashwamed yagya do? So horse here was a symbol. Now we come to actually kings, what they were doing. Lord Ram, he, he held an Ashwamed yagya, Yudhishthir held an Ashwamed yagya. So horse was regarded as a symbol of force of this kingdom with the flag. So he's going wherever you stop the horse, have a battle. Okay, fine, that's cool. You you have a battle, either you submit or you conquer. So what is the yagya part about it? The yagya part is that it is understood that when he is doing a yagya and he is not annexing a kingdom, he is not doing doklam doklam. He is doing yagya means now when this kingdom submits to me or I conquer it, whatever is my wealth, I share with you and whatever is yours, you share with me. That's how the Ashwamedh Yagya actually started. It's called Das Rajaneya, the first Yagya that King Bharat did when Rishi Vasisht and all these described in the Rig Vedas. So the ten kings who tried to defeat Bharat from where Bharat was shows its name, they came together, they did a Sandhi. And what was the implicit in that pact? What was the implicit was that we are not going to destroy each other. We will enrich each other. So you see the difference between one kind of imperialism and empire where you destroy the other one to loot and improve your own. The second where you have a certain strength, you share it. The other person also has certain strength which you share it. You share with us Kashmir ki Akrot and Khomeini and uh, save. And I will share with you Nilgiri ki chai and all these spices. This what is Yagya. So, look at it. What a profound thought this has gone in. This is in the beginnings, in the Rigveda it is mentioned. And then the Brihadaranak brings it. So, the one is, it is one force. And it manifests in everything, in water, in air, everywhere. So, the breath, the sun, it manifests as light, it manifests as different kinds of, it manifests as hunger, it manifests as, you know, even death, everything is described. So that becomes the Brihadaranyak. And that reminds me why they chose this name Brahma. They could have chosen any name, you know. They could have chosen God, they could have chosen. <laughs> what, see how Sanskrit works. Bra. You know, if you really use the word, you will feel something which is increasing. From there comes Brahata. Satyam Ritam Brahatam. So, Brah. That which is increasing and that which increases. If you join with Brahman, everything within you will increase to its fullness. And Brahman itself is full. That's why it is full. Out of it, you take out the full Still it remains full. In each element it is full. See that aspect of fullness. How beautifully they describe that ultimate reality. Brahman. And then came another aspect. If Brahman is that eternal, if Brahman is that which is imperishable. So when the Vedic Rishis were talking of immortality, Amritattva. Normally the western world does not understand it the way 
the rishis understood. The western world understands immortality as that well. Either it understands as physical immortality or it understands it going beyond death. So there is something which is other than, you know, death which is immortal life. So, in the Bharti context, immortality meant, did not mean as life other than death. It did not mean physical survival. It did not mean survival of personality. It meant beyond both life and death. That state from which life emerges into this planet, it goes through the transmutation of death. And it keeps on renewing itself and growing. Brahman. So always because Brahman is in everything, it will grow. So the entire rebirth ka cycle meant that. So many things emerge. For instance, there is a whole uh, number of passages in Isha Upanishad which we will just touch upon. Then we will come to something which I was uh, going to mention but something stopped me. Thinking it's probably early. We will talk about it in the next session. So... Uh, Isha Upanishad, if one wants to read just one Upanishad, because it's difficult to read all of them, probably uh, read Isha Upanishad, just one Upanishad. Uh, Very small, 18 slokas, everything is there in it. And we can say the whole foundation of Sanatana Dharma is in Isha Upanishad. Foundation of the divine life is in Isha Upanishad. And it's of course very beautiful, poetic when you read it, so wonderful. So, what does Isha Upanishad do? It is constantly reconciling that reality with this world. And here it's important because we have notions. Everybody says, Sab kehte hai, ek bhagwan hai, ek hi bhagwan hai. Everybody speaks the same thing. No sir, everybody does not speak the same thing. Let me put it this way. The God in Semitic religions is beyond. And cloud nine, somewhere it could be a personal God as in Islam. It could be an impersonal God as in Jews. It could be a God who came as the only son of God. In India, what do we have this idea? No. All the son and the father are equal and one. How we will understand it? We will understand it on the basis of Upanishad. What does Upanishad say? It doesn't use the word father and son are equal and son. See, what happened? When Christ uttered it, they said that means he is the only Son of God. We never made this misunderstanding. Why? We have used something very similar. My father and me are equivalent one. But what do we say? Soham asmi. Soham that. He am I. What is it saying? And does it refer to one person? It is the deep truth of creation. Soham asmi. Another place. Aham brahmasmi. I am Brahman the eternal. Third, from several points it will tell us. So there is a whole conversation of Swet Ketu thinks that he knows everything and goes to one of the king's uh, court and he, he says... Uh, I have completed my... He asks his father. Father, father says, you, you know now everything that you need to know. So he's very proud. Like, uh, I think uh, youngsters are everywhere arrogant in all ages. <laughs> Till life tempered them down. So he goes to one of the kings. 
I think it was Pravahana, if I am not mistaken, but could be anyways. He go, it's all from the Upanishad, one of the stories. And he goes and says that, you know, I, I know things, I have got this degree and I can now teach further. So, the king says, okay, let me see, what do you know? So, he says, okay. So, he asks that, do you know what happens after death? He says, no, I don't know this. <laughs> Where does a being go after death to rest? No, I don't know. Where does he go after, when he sleeps? I don't know. How does he come back? I don't know. So he gets very embarrassed. He goes back to his father. You told me that you have finished all this. All the education you have imparted me. See, all these questions that king asked me and I don't know it. So father says, I am sorry. But he is also a rishi. Huh? So he says, I am sorry. But even I don't know the answer to this question. Look at the humility. So both of them go to ask this king. So the king is a bit... Uh, you know, he is a bit hesitant. He says, okay, tomorrow I will tell you. So next day they come. We are eager to know all these secrets. He says, you know what, this secret was never given to Brahmins. It was only for the Kshatriyas. You are the first Brahmin whom I am going to give this secret. Why? Because you have to know this secret when you are battling in life with life and death. So this is a secret that he begins to reveal. And that he reveals with several metaphors. And ultimately he reveals that you are also that. So along with Aham Brahmasmi Sohamasmi Tat Tvam Asi It's not just that he, I am God. You are also God. He is also God. See the difference between Indian conception of the one divine and the Semitic conception of the divine. There is one God but he is there. We are all condemned people. We will rot in eternal hell unless we change our name from Jadmejaya to John or whatever it is. And one day we will wake up. Now this again, all these things are there in Indian thought also. So we can understand that better. Redemption by faith. But they have lost. Why the yoga was lost? Again and again I am saying that there was a yoga in the beginning. But it was lost. In India because yogis, avatars, seers, rishis. This is a land which is fertile for that. So the yoga remained intact. So we understand that when it is said, Aham Brahmasmi, don't think Dr. Alok Pandey is Brahma. <laughs> then, <laughs> because others may not be Dr. Alok Pandey. Others will be what they are. They too are Brahma. So when he says, my father and me are equal and do, it's not about just the Jesus Christ in that frame. But know that it's a truth of everyone. See the difference which makes such a big difference in becoming a religion, hardcore, convert everybody to another which is so wide, Catholic and profound. Also, he is not just above, he is within, he is around, he is in everything. Look at this verse um, from... Aisha Upanishad, two of them, Aisha Upanishad ka, slok char or paanch mein padha So they are reconciling this worldly life and the other. Ani jadekam manaso javiyo naina deva apnuvan purva marishat. Sanskrit is so lovely just to listen to it. 
one unmoving that is swifter than mind ye kya baat ho gayi ek baat bolo are you moving or you are not moving in the movement being is becoming i am there even in the movement don't dissociate prakriti and purusha that's what we do in every house and we know the consequence prakriti you remain there i am purusha but there is no ananda of the offspring of the new creation if the two don't become one so you see everywhere the same truth is reproduced that the gods reach not the same thing which is there in kinupanishad even gods cannot reach there again many people say we are you know pagans and nothing wrong with that we worship nature and all the deities but we always knew that the gods are cosmic managers but the malik the lord is isha is one from whom they have emerged so see the difference again so gods even can't reach why because they also don't know what is going to manifest new things which will manifest from the unmanifest so brahma is also avyakta there are several categories of brahma will anyways several aspects we'll talk about that that standing passes beyond others as they run in that the master of life establishes the water so of course as i said these are all symbolic languages so he is the master of life that's why this life can become life divine its origin is divine the water the various currents that flow from him as the manifold aspects of creation where are they established in the divine but it goes on further tadejati tannejati taddure taduvantike tadantarasya sarvasya yadu sarvasya asya bahiyat that moves and that moves not that is far and the same is near that is within all this and that also is outside all this so this is the big difference we may you know we we have uh, dared to see the divine in the most impossible of states even the densest darkness now see how this empowers i keep um, i love to make uh, psychological practical connections he is so near me can i ever be afraid he is nearer to me than my breath nearer than my heartbeat can anything make one fear if we live with this just one thought that's why one of the signs of one who lives in brahman is nirbhayo even sik sik is of course sanatan dharma in a very a uh, beautiful way they branched out from there so what does it say nirbhayo nirahankaro why because he cannot be afraid why he cannot be afraid you can't be afraid of yourself it be silly i am afraid of myself when you know the essence of everything is that same divine who dwells within this person who has raised a sword to slay me again we go back to that truth of prahlad but then it goes on to reconcile it knows that our mind will yastu sarvani bhutani atmanevanu pashyati sarvabhuteshu chatmanam tato na vijugupsate see it is hammering into our heads powerfully that the divine is not just otherworldly 
So what does it say? But he who sees everywhere the self in all existences and all existences in the self shrinks not thereafter from what? Vijugupsate. Will such a person say, I want to now leave my job, leave my wife, leave my family and go to an ashram monastery? Ah, I have gone to Shirobindo ashram but nothing has to be left there. You have to leave that uh, false identity. That's what the Upanishads meant. And in ashram everything is represented there. It's not a monastic order. I'm sure everybody knows the ashram is not a monastic kind of life. So, why? Because when you see the one's self everywhere in everything and you are fighting a battle, how will you fight? Will you ever think of killing uh, children and ladies and running away from there because you are afraid of fire? No. You will face the combat. Why? Because you know that it is the divine within me and the divine within you as the play has unfolded in such a way that today we have to wrestle with each other in a holiday of fight. That's why. So today each one is playing that role. That role is given to him. Why? I don't know. That's not my... But it is... So there will be no hatred when I fight. I will fight because that's what is given to me. There could be hundred. Ideally fight is for... Um, uh, well that will take me in a different direction dharma which is the manifestation of divine will in the present and that will touch upon passingly you see he will swing from nothing he sees the oneself everywhere hmm. but he who sees everywhere the self in all existence and all existences in the self yes not thereafter from the earth. yes anything yeah so he sinks from what? Not, there is nothing from anything he will not sink from. Also all existence is in the self. So where do people go? They will go back to him. And from there they will come. But I have to play my role. So what should be my yardstick? That also will come in this Upanishad very beautifully. I have a question. Are you going? Yeah, no problem. I can have can that. Ah, please. Yeah, Either way is, is fine. What is the Jewish concept of internal? Internal? The supreme reality. It is no their concept is impersonal. They don't have a personal God. They don't. So we also have like Nirgun. Nirakar Nirgun. A set of qualities you may say. You can say Sagun. Nirgun Sagun. But it is nothing like a personal embodiment. So Jews don't have a Moses is one of them, Abraham from where all of them come, Jacob their grandsire, but none of them they regard as uh, the one whom who has received the revelation given to them. In Islam there is a personal God, which comes closer to Christianity. We will come to that, that may be, you know. Grammarian. The Gita has described it as Shabda Brahmati Vardhate. Shabdon ke jal mein ulaj jana. So he is like that. Krishna ka meaning kya hoga? Ghoom pir ke ant mein bolega. Krishna comes from then akarshan vikarshan. Okay, originally the word also means that. But if you reduce Krishna to only that, 
you have missed the totality of krishna so words are symbols so that's a good uh, um, thing we can take it up so we must understand words are symbols and even before words sounds are symbol i can say the same thing and mean different things if somebody asks me for instance abhi aapne puchi ye baat ki main abhi puch lo to i could have said okay i could say okay see the sound changes the meaning isn't it when a child goes to ask uh, mother uh, mummy zara der se aaunga mama kya kehti hai kabhi kehti hai ha ha kabhi kehti hai ha ha pata hai matlab i know to der se aayega ye bata kyu raha hai so sound carries the sounds are vehicles that's how the mantra is uh, see is very nice you raise this question we can go into it little bit so sounds are vehicles that is trying to communicate an inner state words are vehicles words come later first sounds that's why we have beej mantra so hari ne phir yu hunkar kiya अपना स्वरूप विस्तार किया डगमग डगमग दिग्गज डोले भगवान कुपित होकर बोले है ना सी द साउंड हुंकार निनाद सो साउंड इज दिमोडियल पावर बट देर इज समथिंग बियॉन्ड द साउंड दैट स्टेट वॉट इज दैट स्टेट साउंड इज ए मीन्स टू रीच दैट स्टेट it should take us to that state so mantra is that highest intensity of sound and speech through which we can climb to that state when you reach that state the mantra drops it repeats in rhythmic chant and suddenly a door opens abhi gps se aapko jahan pahunchna tha you have reached that place will you still carry it in the pocket no no i am <laughs> because you have met the owner of the house now he'll take you around so that reminds us there are several ways this one word brahman it is also there in the philosophy of the upanishad so one of the upanishad describes that there is one reality since we are talking about it and but it manifests itself in number of ways in number of state chatushpad so one is the most outward because we cannot that reality is undefinable we cannot define it by anything ineffable why because if i define it i limit it very simple to understand not difficult if again i describe this image i'll say there is a uh, um, brown background board am i wrong no i am not wrong but i would say no this is not enough so i'll describe horse no this is not enough i'll describe everything ultimately it is krishna so who is krishna i'll talk about the whole bhagavat still something will be missing so words and sounds are medium to express the ineffable but the ineffable cannot be is unknowable unknowable to the mind but knowable by other faculties that's how yoga through yoga you can know but you cannot bring it back and describe that also there is a very nice upanishadic story so the disciple who is also the son father brigu and varuni so he goes and says dad I believe you know the ultimate reality. Teach me about that. Is what is there for me to teach? You contemplate. You come back. Tell me. Think about it. So he thinks about it. Reflects. He comes back and says, "I think it is matter." 
matter annam brahmeti see interesting no the word for matter annam is also used for food when he says profound things eater eating himself is eaten in the upanishad anyways so he says annam brahmeti he says good he doesn't discard it he says he doesn't say no he says okay but go further so he goes meditates reflects then he comes says, pranam brahmeti it is that energy in matter that is ultimate he says okay good come back again after one year he again contemplates comes back and then he says that it is thought mind that is what is impelling the energy into motion good come back once again he comes back and says vigyanam brahmeti that consciousness within the mind which is able to discern set into motion things direction he says come back again you are very close he comes and says ultimately anandam brahmeti it is anandam that's all that is the ultimate reality it is unfolding itself in countless ways so one way in upanishad it is described as neti neti why because no qualifications can describe that everything will be an attribute or respect but since you cannot describe it there must be some means how to know brahman you can experience it but you can't talk about it so they spoke about manifestation of brahman you can know it by the manifestation what is manifestation like a human being you may never know two people one of the biggest illusions of human beings is that i know that person in future <laughs> you won't know your wife or husband who is with you all your life you won't know your child yeah just a moment i'll finish the story then take so you won't know why because even the person would not know what is there in the essence only the divine knows so divine's way of dealing is very different that's what bali can't understand mai very sugri piara why have you killed me you cannot un- understand that unfolding so but from the manifestation we can know so that so what is the manifestation then next layer is one is the ineffable brahman about which nothing can be said then the next level is it concentrate itself into concentrated wisdom pragya it is it is like essence of things which is nothing but a tremendous fire or light call it whatever concentrated light it is wisdom you can't define it but you can experience it jyotir brahma then from there the next is hiranya garbha from jyotir brahma there are seeds which are released into creation this may happen that all the creation is mapped out i'll take an example to make it clear and from that dream state so one is the turya about which nothing can be said then there is susupti because in that jyoti the mind goes to sleep yan mansana manute so mind cannot and then comes the dream state and then comes the outer waking state it this what is described in the mandukya upanishad taking the example of om uh, om so a uh, is the waking state what is the waking state you wake up ah Now you are going out. This is the movement of the sound. Ah, ooh! Now you are containing it. After you have woken up, you are ready for everything. Then you contain it. Now this activity, and then mm, 
you are bringing it back but none of these syllables individually is the brahman brahman is all of them together om that's how another upanishad will tell us so it's very interesting you can't say a oma equal to om om is om so you see so this how they describe fourfold brahman now let's try to understand that it, it's it's too abstract so what does it mean there is something in us which correspond that's why the word used for human beings is purusha the word used for the divine is purusha sa purusha evascha why because there is a correspondence so let's take a simple activity i'm sure people write some if nothing else we write chit we write poems we write how does it all begins you are sitting quietly everything is fine suddenly there is an urge enthusiasmus what is that urge you don't know what you are going to write but you have the urge to write before the urge you are thuria <laughs> urge pragya something is happening like a concentrated intelligence a great poem may be born we don't know then next level comes it begins to enter into some phrase there is a line here a line there it's what's happening inside in the dream world thoughts associated with feelings which are connecting with each other criss crossing and then you are compelled to take the paper and pen and so there is this hiranyagarbha state when it is churning is going on inside that time if somebody will ask what's happening is you know i'm i have this urge to write what you want to write i want to write a poem uh, about krishna and you know all this happening certain thoughts and feeling where is the poem i'm going to write then virat when it manifests so the outer waking consciousness so you have the jagrat swapna susupti and thoria and they also spoke of a fourth state beyond a fifth sorry thoria what is beyond see how they stress that limit of inquiry which i'll uh, one more example i'll give so you have these four states of brahman which are manduk upanishad that's what we are summarizing in fact so the outer waking state we all know that it's called virat look at this universe practical implication we want to meditate temple is far every night you will have the temple of the lord that's how guru nanak said no gagan mandal mein thal virajat every night you see the deepas are doing the that's the original time virat who is that is also brahman that's why by meditating upon the ocean upon the mountain upon the galaxies we can actually enter into some communion with that because that too is brahman see look at the implication virat then you pick up within us the highest thought the highest feeling the highest will hiranyagarb from there also we can enter into the brahman that's how the you know pick up one idea one one feeling whatever way we want to go and then the other is where you drop all that and just stay in that concentrated state so either which way we have we all experience these fourth state about the fourth the original we don't know we don't know why suddenly the urge comes why because even if we f- catch some thread there will be something beyond it so they expressed it in another way also another interesting formula 
Om Tat Sat. So, that is, they use the word Brahman and Parabrahman. They are all describing the same thing, but they are drawing shades of, like, if somebody who is, uh, you know, when you, let's say a man uh, picks up, his wife tells him, pick up a, technically you are right you can even say shade of red pink is what mild red so brahman parabrahman फिर उसके बियॉन्ड तो उन्होंने ऐसे किया अब वो क्या है उसका नेचर परब्रह्मन का कहा ना व्यक्त दी दी मैनिफेस्टेशन के थ्रू वी कैन नो सच्चिदानंद ये सत व्हाई बिकॉज़ देयर इज नो एक्जिस्टेंस बियॉन्ड इट इट इज एक्जिस्टेंस सत्य व्हाई इट इज कॉल्ड सत्य सत्य इन द उपनिषद इज नॉट अबाउट मेरा सच तेरा सच नो नो दैट इज ऑल डिफरेंट प्ले Sat, Sat, that which cannot, it is indivisible. You cannot go further than that existence. The supreme existence, Sat. Chit, supreme consciousness, that from which everything else becomes conscious. Or us chit ke dono side hai, knowledge hai or force hai. Chit, tapas. Wohi chit, that consciousness when it concentrates itself, becomes a force for creation or for destruction. Lord of Tapasya is Shiv. He creates by Lasya, destroys by Tandav. And Ananda. When Sat and Chit come together for the joy of creation and multiplicity, it becomes Ananda. So, Satchitananda is Parabrahman, but Parabrahman is brought out. It's called a shadow's forth. It's like when you are entering the, uh, we can use it like this, you want to meet Parabrahman, the Supreme. So how do we go? How will we know? Uh, as we come near the house, we'll see some nice garden, nice atmosphere. We are entering into the, you know, ah, So when you see the plants, the flowers, you say, Bada sundar hai, banane wala. So that is the, now, first the jagrat and then the sopnavasta, inner world. Then you enter the porch. Porch pe you see a silhouette. A glimpse. Now that's what is prakya. You have had a glimpse of that. If you go one step further, you cannot come back. So, what is that one step further? You have seen a glimpse hurriedly and your eyes are gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Haha, kore gire pade, Sri Ramakrishna said. So now that is, it is the same. This is Satchidanand. You had a glimpse. You enter, you can't come back even to say. That's how. But then, where did that come from? Is the being. So they went on to say non-being, but not in this sense, the way we use it. Not as asat, but asat, beyond the being. What is beyond it? None knows. That's why uh, the, the rishis wanted to know what is further, what is further. So they use the word, none knows means say sir, something you must say. Don't leave us in the lurch. So they used another phraseology, meaning the same thing. But more accurate. They used Satyam 
Now they are not using the word Satchitanand, but for the same thing. Satyam, Jnanam, Anuddham. Satyam. Not Sat, not existence, but truth. Jnanam, not consciousness, but Jnan. Jnan here is not, Jnan here means direct knowledge. Otherwise there is Sangyan, Pragyan, Vigyan, Agyan. But let's not enter into that metaphysics. They are not metaphysics, they are psychology, pure. And then Anantam, infinite. Because infinite is Anand. Anything which is finite cannot give Anand. Why? Because when I have this finite thing, I say, Wo wala jade achha hai. Tumhari saadi, meri saadi se jada safed kaise? Super rin gada advertisement. Kyo? Aapka anand ko kya ho gaya? What happened to ananda? It is gone because finite cannot give you ananda. So another term that he uses is anantam. Satyam jnanam anantam. That which is infinite is anandam. So you see, there were different ways they tried to communicate the truth. But knowing the limitation of language, they also gave a path. How to realize these things? They didn't just give, give us uh, phrases. Like Svetashatar Upanishad, the famous one of the things. Two images I'll take from there. One is Dwasuparna. Two birds sitting on one tree. Shamiji will recall a humorous, you may have forgotten, but I, I'll remember. Two birds, image of two birds. What is the image of two birds? One is on the sitting below and tasting the sweet bitter fruit. Then suddenly it looks up and sees that other bird is sitting and enjoying. <laughs> I'll share the joke now. In Patiala, we were there, Shamiji was also there, and there was what was the name of the Captain Saab? Anyways, Captain Sabi Vlad. So I was giving this swine. We are giving this peace be upon him. <laughs> so we are, uh, I was talking about this image of Dwasapanna. So he looks, asked me a very quizzical question, with a quizzical look. He says, Sir, I have a question to ask. And he says, Sir, man to uska bhi karta hoga ji khane ka. He reversed it. Are that bird is Atmatustu. This bird has to learn that that is, this is the same way of saying, I am that, he am I. Why am I needing this to be happy? I can be happy as the bird there, it is eating nothing but it is happy. So this is the Dwasuparna image. This is another very interesting, this psychic being, it places mentioned in Katopnisha then, Svetashvita, Rantaha, Sharire, Jyotirmayo, Hishubra. If you just see it, it breaks all our sins. It cleans, clears up away. That's why Shivanda doesn't give too many do's and don'ts. He says, find that, rest will happen. Turn to the mother, rest will happen. And then, one of the famous ones, we have it in the constitution also. Satyameva jayate nanritam satyena pantha vitato deviyana It is truth that conquers and not Anritam. See, it doesn't use the word mithyatva. Anritam. It is a better qualification for untruth. That's how it says. A thing may be true but out of place. Anrit. 
Rith is about rhythm. I may be doing the right thing. See, sometimes we see in these, some of these videos, a 90-year-old person is doing, you know, tip-top dance and say, see, what full of life. Aray, yaar, matlab, puri zindagi yehi karna hai kya? This is, there is a season. Rith is literally about that, the rhythm. So you have the, you know, vada vyavastha. This, this is the time you should be dancing to the tune of the Lord. Not doing the same hip-hop dance which you were doing as a teenager and, aray, dekho, kya josh hai. Josh hoga, but it's anrith. So rith is about the rhythm. So satya me vajayate nanritam. Not untruth. See how beautifully they Another place, how you can, another place it says, by self-mastery, self-control. This is another path it gives. By meditating upon that. Another place it says, Nayamatma, Namedha, Nabahuna, Shutena. It's all right to hear and read. But you cannot realize by that. So how we'll realize it? Yamaveshe Vranute Tena Labhyastashesha Atma Vivranute Tanuswam. When the self chooses to reveal itself, it will reveal. You make your effort. Another one, Shurashyadhara Nishita Duratya Kavyavedanti. Hard is the path, sharp as a razor's edge. What does it mean? Should I live all the time on edge? No, it doesn't mean like that. It's very interesting. So razor's edge is something very interesting why it has used the analogy. Who can ever walk on razor's edge? You know the right pressure to be put on everything. It is not about remaining tense all the time. Do's and don'ts. No, it's not, not a moral doctrine. This, we are doing everything. We are in life. But we are remembering just the right pressure. When we deal with material things, don't make them everything in life. Then the razor will cut you. Similarly, don't make otherworldliness a kind of aim. The razor's blade will cut you. The moderation, balance which Buddha said. So they have given a path also. Several places they have given a path. Through stories, through images, through actually meditating. As we were reading in the Isha Upanishad. You had a question. Yes, please. Nini, okay. no, no, we, can, we can have it now. Yes. And uh, because so many of uh, you know the the semitic or you know oh. Nam and the yeah. idea of the word of God and all those mm. ideas are very important yeah. in some of those traditions. Yes. So I was wondering what light means your window has shared Yes, yes, absolutely. So it is there in the Gita, they speak about Shabd Brahm and then the Gita of course is Shabd Brahmati Vartati. So, um, it is there in Sanat Sujatya, it is there in one of the Upanishads, all these are all, again, it's connected to Upanishad. I mean, we are just connecting several dots in the Upanishads, here and there. So, uh, one of the stories goes that Narad asks, uh, Narad is asked by Sanat Kumar, Mulatka, uh, I mean, humanized version, huh? <laughs> why are you looking so depressed and despondent? He says, I don't know, I am not satisfied. He said, why you are not satisfied? He said, I know so many things, but I am not satisfied. So what all you know? He says, I know this Vidya, that Vidya. It seems he had chaw- 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 
मैं आई हैव स्टडीड इन जे एन यू आई हैव स्टडीड इन हार्बर्ड ऑफ को दे आर नॉट द राइट प्लेसेज बट एनी वेज इट इज आई वेंट टू हियर आई डिड दिस जॉब आई डेट दैट एंड एवरी थिंग इट इज आई एम लाइक सो मच स्टडीड बट आई एम स्टिल डिसटिस्फाइड सो शरद कुमार स्माइल्स एंड सेज दे टीच यू ब्रह्म विद्या नोइंग वॉट इज दैट इज नोइंग विच ऑल एल्स कैन बी नो नाउ सी यू कैनॉट नो दैट बट नोइंग दैट ऑल एल्स कैन बी नो सो द उपनिषद ऑल्सो पुट्स इट इन ए क्रिप्टिक वे इट से यस्मिन विज्ञाते विज्ञाति सर्वम एट एन अदर प्लेस इट सेज विज्ञातम अभिजानता अभिज्ञातम यू कै इफ यू थिंक दैट यू नो इट यू डोंट नो इट बट वेन यू डो नॉट नो इट इज ए क्रिप्टिक वे ऑफ सेंग देन यू हैव द थॉट ऑफ इट बेसिकली यू कैंट क्लेम आई नो ब्राह्मण डोंट क्लेम लाइक दैट डोंट थिंक यू कैन कैप्चर इट विद इन थॉट यू कैन स्पीक अबाउट इट इफ इट इंस्पायर्स यू बट द मोमेंट यू से आई नो एवरीथिंग एंड वॉट एवर आई हैव सेट दैट्स इट देन यू आर क्रिएटिंग अ प्रॉब्लम देन दे इज ए प्रॉब्लम so shabd so he says okay i have not never heard this this was not in part of our syllabus so he says okay i'll teach you so what is required so he says these four things one is scripture so in scripture comes shabd brahma shabd brahma is literally that truth which is embodied in the scripture not everything can become a scripture and then he says next what is required is that you have to have the as a disciple you must have the eagerness to learn You have to follow. Follow. You not enough to read a scripture. You must also live according to scripture. That is reminding me of another story from Prashnopanishad. I will come to that. You have to, you have to live according to the scripture. And then he says, along with that, what you need is the grace of God. So you can't just simply you, you are doing all the right things in your checklist. And so from there comes this idea that while scriptural reading is a very good, pers- you know, preparation. शब्द ब्रह्म थ्रू दी वर्ड्स वी आर अप्रोचिंग ब्रह्मन बट वी हैव टू एट सम पॉइंट गो बियॉन्ड इट शब्द ब्रह्म तिवर्तते सो फ्रॉम देयर द एसेंस ऑफ इट इज दैट देर आर दोज हू आर बिजी इन पेडागॉगी एंड यू विल सी ऑफेन गीता का भी एक भाष से मैंने देखा है इवन तिलक जी का उन्होंने एक एक वर्ड का यू हैव द मीनिंग अनुच्छेद एक्सेट्रा but that's not the way to really study it it's okay it it can be a starting point but if you approach that you may have read shubindu's words now i am quoting you may have read everything about the eternal and yet you may not know the eternal so shabd brahm ativartate go beyond the written or the spoken word it's not to deny it it is to keep it in its own place it has its place use it and then you go beyond and of course the fourth thing he says is guru we find that four eights in in the s yes. so he speaks about the scripture he speaks about the guru you need a guru upanishad says about that find such a person and go sit at their feet that's how upanishad and learn from them so guru and then you need the disciple you should be willing to walk the path and then you have finally the grace of god and that reminds me of one more a little interesting prashna upanishad so in prashna upanishad there are six already they are rishis in their own right they go to rishi pipalad and they ask him we want to know they we have some queries from all our learnings we have not been able to resolve those queries it's a archaic upanishad very difficult to decipher its meanings uh, you know he for instance the last question is 
tell me about the that Hiranyanab, that being with 16 parts. So he describes, so like that questions are there. Who is greater? Which sense is greater? So on and so forth. Anyway, so but the beginning part is very interesting. They say we have certain questions we want to from you. So the Rishi doesn't say, okay, come, I'll teach you. He says, you can stay here. He doesn't even ask the question. He says, you stay here after one year. I'll see if you are ready for the answers and if I, am, if I have the answer, then I'll give you. So what is that? He says, you spent a time, one year, practicing Satya and Brahmacharya. That's all. So again, this Adhikar Bhed was very much emphasized in the Vedic time and Upanishadic time. Because if you are not having a chaste mind, so purity of thought, so that's why Upanishad automatically make your thoughts so beautiful and pure. If that is not there, then it will be completely misunderstood, misused. After all, Ravan also used to say, Am Brahmasmi. And again, that story about the Mahavad Brahman. Somebody heard that, you know, God, everywhere there is oneness. That's how we have even now modern misinterpretation. Are Vasudev, Kutumbakam, Vale, Ajao, 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 Sablo, Ajao. This is not what it means. It's a misinterpretation. All is one, everything is one. Chalo, let's. It's as if it's a left liberal thought which has been. No, that's not what it means. The one is there and the manifestation is there. And you have to understand both. If you understand the one but not this world, creation, manifestation, then you have not understood. Those verses we'll read. See how beautifully we have taken a whole journey and come back to the page which I wanted to read. (laughs) Isha Upanishad. What does it caution us? On one side it says, Yasmin Sarvani Bhutani Atme Vabhud Vijanata Tatrako Moha Ka Shoka Ekatamanupashyata. He in whom it is the self-being that has become all existences that are becoming. So being is becoming. Not only there is being, but also this creation is nothing else, but he has become this creation. Now he is going one step further than what has been ever uttered. He is not just saying God is in all. Not even saying everything is God. In God. That is understood. God has become this all. Chatushpad Brahman. Now comes a problem. For he has the perfect knowledge. How shall he be deluded? When shall he have grief? Who sees everywhere oneness. So, we have a liberal thought. Sab apne hai, sab ek hai. Bula lijiye, sab ab dekhiye. The right and the wrong way. So, the Rishi goes on further. Says, Andham tama pravishanti, ye vidyam upasate, Tato bhuyam ivamte tamo ya o vidyamrata. Look at the hard hitting. Into a blind darkness they enter who follow after the ignorance. Understood. Ye alag hai, wo alag hai. Andhkari hai, spiritual point of view say. But they, as if into a greater darkness, who devote themselves to the knowledge alone. Sab ek hai, sab ek hai. वो और अंधकार में चले जाते हैं कम से कम यहां आपका बैलेंस है व्हाई इट विल गिव अस द आंसर लेट मी जस्ट गो थ्रू इट सी द ब्यूटी बट सी हाउ ब्यूटीफुली द ऋषि हैज पुट इट अदर वेरीली इट इज सेड इज दैट व्हिच कम्स बाय द नॉलेज 
other that which comes by the ignorance. This is the lore we have received from the wise who reveal that to our understanding. It will go step by step. So I am not skipping it. Let the suspense remain. So when we have knowledge of oneness, we know the one. But we need to know that we will die from this food. God has become Mausadi, take, do, whatever you feel like. That's not what it is he says. He is saying, other comes through knowledge, other comes through avidya. But then how to act? So it, further it goes. Vidyancha, avidyancha, yasta dvedo bhayam saha. Avidyancha mrityum tirtva. Vidyam Amritam Ashnute. He who knows that as both in one, the knowledge and the ignorance, by the ignorance crosses beyond death and by the knowledge enjoys immortality. So what do I do when I, I have poison in front of me and I have um, Amrit in front of me? All is one. Now when I am living in ignorance, I know that all is one. And yet I know, other comes through ignorance, other comes through knowledge. I must know, if I take this, I will become a slayer of my soul. I don't take it. I choose for Amrit. And if I have this, so both have to be held in mind. But if death comes and I am going through death, I know that as one. I should not think, oh my God, death is coming, this is death, that is life. I go through the portals of death and then I come back. Each time when I pass through the portals of death, I will grow to a point where I will understand there is no death. And then, this is the reason why death is there. It's a growth. And then by the vidya, I will discover immortality. See, they made a difference. I will take an example. There is uh, Madame Tussaud's wax museum. I don't know why they have a horror show. You know, I don't know. Now, um, uh, somebody has a perverse taste. Then let's go through the horror tunnel also. <laughs> you see, you go through the horror tunnel. It's Second time, <coughs> when you see the same horror movie, you start laughing. Third time, you are just <coughs> feeling amused. You have grown in knowledge, you have grown in strength, you know this is going to end. You have grown in wisdom, you have grown, even you can enjoy everything. I am taking an example, extreme example, not that we should watch horror movies because horror movies are not good for anybody. There is already enough horror movie going on in the world. We don't need to buy ticket, spend money to watch a horror movie. It's perversity of taste. But anyway, so I'm just saying that passing through that. But simply knowing that this is a horror movie, this is going to end, ultimately there is nothing. Does it mean that I have discovered some great thing? No. Vidyam Amrita Mashnute. You will go beyond death. You will understand death means nothing. After a point of development. <clears throat> but to discover immortality is to go beyond life and death. What does it mean? It means if I wish, I'll take a human body consciously, knowing that this is nothing. I'll pass through the portals of death, knowing it is nothing. 
I'll play the role that I have to play, knowing that it is nothing but a role he has given. So it changes the perspective. So Upanishad knows that the, the author of the Isha, he knows that you know it will create a bit of confusion. So he further clarifies. See how he beautifully goes. Andam tama pravishanti ye sambhuti mupasate tato bhuya ivate tamo yau sambhuti amrata. Sambhuti is about, um, you may use the word birth. But it's also about limiting yourself. It means birth, limitation. So limitation is, um, you know, you never know the totality. So into a blind darkness they enter who follow after the non-birth. That's not what Upanishad is saying. That's half knowledge. Who devote themselves to non-birth alone. See, these are because we forgot all this and this otherworldly thing, you know, mukti, ye to punarapi janamam, punarapi maranam, punarapi janani, jathare shainam. This pessimistic thought that crept in. What does Upanishad say? It is like a tonic elixir for the soul. Into a blind darkness they enter who follow after the non-birth. No, no, I will not. It's like a person who says, now I become a sannyasi. Na tu mera beta hai, na tu meri wife hai, na tera mera koi lena dena nahi hai. Aise bolne se hota hai kya? <laughs> That's what is shown in Buddha when he comes back. And his wife, uh, Yashodra, uh, her son says, I think Rahul, he says, I want to be initiated. He says, go and ask him because he is supposed to ask his father. He would not take a child unless he asks his father. So Rahul goes and says, can I be initiated? Buddha says, yes. So Yashodra comes, he says, how could you say that? You have got nirvana, you are not supposed to have any relation. You still regard that you are his father. So Buddha explains, so this is a misreading of mukti. He knows, he has the nirvana. He doesn't lose sight of the fact that he is my son and she is my wife. But it's no more, it's the same again. We'll take a parable of the Upanishad after this, then we'll stop to make it very clear. But first we'll do this. <clears throat> he says, Other verily it is said is that which comes by the birth, other that which comes by the non-birth. And then again he uh, harmonizes them. Sambhutisya vinashascha yasta dvedo bhayam saha vinashena mrityum tirtva sambhutyam mrityamashnuti He who knows that as both in one the birth and the dissolution of birth by the dissolution crosses beyond death and by the birth enjoys immortality. So then he knows when I am now we take an example I am sitting here right now some patient comes so does it mean I say no I am I am a doctor, I, I can bring out the doctor aspect. See him. Equally, there is a friend, you can see, he said, that's why Shri Krishna is so difficult to understand because he enters into many fold relation with the world. But he always remains the one. So birth and non-birth. Birth is limiting yourself. Now when you are a doctor, you have limited yourself. You are not just that, you are that, Tattamasi. But does it mean that I will not play now any of these roles? I can limit myself. And the same applies to taking a human body. That's an extreme aspect of birth. Is the infinite becoming finite. 
birth in the Upanishadic sense is finite. Because the moment you have finite, then death will follow. So I can engage, I am the infinite, knowing this, becoming that, experiencing that, doesn't mean I will not play with finite things. I can play with finite things, even better in fact, because I know that this is infinite. So this is the great teaching and I will close with one of the stories which connects with that, which is also in one of the Upanishads. Yagnavalk Maitrei Sambad. So one day Yagnavalk is decides that I want to call it quits. I want to go deeper into my seeking, whatever it is. Or he may be wanting to do some work. We don't know. So he wants to go from home and he calls Maitrei and says, See, I have decided to go. Maitri used to take a lot of care of him. And he had also Katyaini. He had two wives. And uh, both were nice. But Maitri was, used to attend all his... Uh, you know, when he is giving talks. Uh, when he would go. She would accompany. Because she had this desire for Brahmagyan. So when he says... Maitri, he says, if you want, I will simply put my property equally in both people's name. So he says, what will I do with all that? You give it to Katyaini. <laughs> What I want that wisdom which I have been following you. That's what I want to know. I want from you that wisdom which you carry with you. That wealth I want. This wealth is okay. You can give whatever you want to give. You want to leave something, don't leave something. But I want that wealth. So he is very happy. He says, okay, I will give you that wisdom. So he communicates to her. He first gives the secret of true love. That we saw in Ramayana episode, it was shown also. Yagnaval comes and Gargi says that you say that you are beyond. But how come you are having two wives? So he, he talks about the mystery of love. But that's one part. But he gives the secret. He says, Matri, one does not love the wife for the sake of the wife, but for the sake of the self. One does not love the child for the sake of the child, but for the sake of the self. One does not love the country for the sake of the country, but for the sake of the self. And we can go on, we can extrapolate. One does not love humanity for the sake of humanity, but for the sake of the self. One does not love creation for the sake of creation, but for the sake of the self. Now this can be interpreted in two ways. One is, as is the self, so is our dealing. If the self is egoistic, then I love my wife. My wife, this is how you should be. Better behave, better be inside, better wear something. I don't want anybody to see you. We can, can go to any extent. But if I love my wife for the sake of the self, then I would know that I am a trustee. She has come into my life and she also must grow, blossom beautifully and vice versa. She also must know that he is not an ATM machine for me, but he is meant to. He also has a life, he must blossom and grow. I must support and help him in his pursuit. That should be the relationship. Same with the child. Not that Mera hai, what I could not do, you are going to fulfill my dream destination, America, which is no more a dream anyways. So, no. But it should be that you have come to me. Kal Jibran mentioned it in a different way. Your children are not your children. They are arrows shot by time. Be the bow. <laughs> but don't claim the arrow. <laughs> so, it is something like that, that... Uh, they have come to us and therefore we must do everything to us. I, I want to put it in a little more, uh, they are gifts of the divine. So we have to take the care for them because they are divine gifts to us. And therefore we must care for them, not because they are mine in that ignorant sense. 
Country is dear to us, not because I am ignorantly attached. No, because the country, that's how Shri Aurobindo's nationalism was. India has a mission to fulfill. If India doesn't rise, Sanatan Dharma doesn't rise. If Sanatan Dharma doesn't rise, we have uh, options one. Uh, Chinese communism, option two, postmodern left liberal thought, option three, jihadi ISIS group, option four, militant Christianity or converting Christianity. Now tell me, what are the options? Sanatan Dharma is required for the world. And that's why India, it's important. Not for the sake of, because I am an Indian, born Indian, but because for the sake of the self. Humanity. Imagine, humanity for the sake of humanity, it may destroy all creatures. There are preachings like that, that human, human being is the highest. Therefore, human beings can eat whatever they feel like, ransack the earth, because God made everything for their pleasure. It's so surprising, they are regarded as great religious doctrines. But when we, I regard that everything is for the sake of the self, the cow, the dog, the mud, the clay, everything, I have to treat it with the sense of the sacred, then life begins to change. So this one does not mean one and oneness, oh, all is one. And that was the story which Sri passingly mentioned, that you know, a person learned this lesson, there is only one in every one. And as he is walking, saying one, 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 he saw the elephant. And the Mahavat saw his two clothes, he said, Beta Harja, get out of the way. He says, you are ignorant. So what do you mean? He says, I have just learned that God, I am God, elephant is God. So how can God harm a God? He said, look here, I don't know, but you are too, too close, get out of the way. He said, no, no, I'll teach you today true knowledge. So the elephant came and threw him away. He got bruised. He goes and says, what kind of teaching you told me? So Sri Ramakrishna says, didn't you listen to the God who was sitting as Mahavat? <laughs> Told you. <laughs> so you see, misapplication of scriptures is so important, so common. That's why it is important to go beyond the written word. We come back to that. It has to be lived. When you live this truth, you understand. So these are hint, suggestion, large suggestions, wide gates. Each of the twelve Upanishads is like a gate opening on that which is beyond. We can pick and choose the gate. Some people love Isha, some others choose Kena, they prefer some cut. These three are the most uh, favorite, uh, I mean, best Upanishads. But each of them will lead us entry into a porch where we can have a glimpse of the eternal. And then we don't need it. That's why in one of the Upanishads, and Sri Krishna also says, with which we will stop, Mundak Upanishad, yes. Mundak Upanishad says there is a higher knowledge and a lower knowledge. What is in the lower knowledge? He says, Rig, Yajur, Sham is lower knowledge. Now you wonder, Are, yehi kya bol rahe? Krishna says in the Gita. For the holiest of holy, Vedas will serve like giving you who is thirsty. Veda will give you enough water to quench your thirst. But, but for the one who is unchaste, not ready, it is merely water splashing around. But the hint is very interesting. 
Hint is that you are thirst is quenched by drinking water. Does it mean only that much water is there in the well? So he gives the example, Sri Krishna, as a man surrounded by water has the little patram in which he fills water. Now, Shabd Brahm is like that. A scripture is that much which is contained in the, in the lutia. You may have a big vessel and you have filled it with that. But the ocean is ocean. Shir Shagar is Shir Shagar. And that incidentally is also the story of the Matsavtar. The fish keeps growing, no very interesting story. Keeps growing. Finally, it goes back to the ocean from where it had come. The same ocean from where it emerges, the same ocean to which it goes, the same ocean that drowns the civilization, the same ocean which gives birth to a new civilization. So these were ways to reveal to us these profound truths. So while they must be read, why? Because one, we connect with our own, we feel so happy. It's good to know. No? Sometimes we know, Are, aapke papa, <laughs> you don't say, Murk the, we kept hearing, Are, only when I speak um, good English and you know, I can put a suit and tie that I'll be regarded as civilized. No. I am civilized because I belong to a civilization that in its dawn saw that which we are still struggling to try to find out. So obviously I belong to that. So first it, it should generate a legitimate pride within us. This pride is legitimate because it gives us the impetus to go further. We have been told you are useless, you are interested. Till now we are following that same doctrine. If somebody speaks good English, and I have met plenty of them. Talking stupidities but in good English. Bandkar, please. <laughs> but because it's English, impressive English. We have spoken much more profound truths. We don't need to learn from there. That's how Max Muller came. So that's one thing. Second is when we read these verses, they give us the yoga, the path, the experiences, the realization is a road map. Everything which is there. Third, when we meditate upon these verses, they act like mantra to open a door. It can open a door suddenly. At what point we don't know. Why we don't know? Yamaveshe vranute vranute When the self chooses, he will open a door. But we are knocking at the door. Each of the mantra is like a knock on the door. Open the door, open the door, open the door. And fourth, even if none of these things happen, just by reading them, it creates a spiritual atmosphere around the mind and lifts the mind automatically towards that. So the mind gets accustomed to these profound experiences, these profound truths, so that when they come, they don't upset us and we don't get a shock. They lift us automatically. So these and many more jewels are there in the Upanishads.